Hey everybody, it's Wednesday. It's high noon. It's time for the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth Wynn, will be here soon. Her Uber canceled on her. Oh, that must be her now saying, Uber shitty. You guys can buy your Uber shitty t-shirts here at mutinyradio.fm. Hanging on the wall. All kinds of styles. All kinds of colors. Made by Katie Schmilz Wakeman. Beautiful Uber shitty t-shirts with a great background of this beautiful city, San Francisco. Lovely day. Wow. Well, when LaToya gets here, we have a lot to talk about here. Oh, cool. We're going to get a call from old dumb face himself, Steve Poggi. He's going to be calling into the program today. Just, just texted me. He just got out of the smelly deli <laughs> one day a week. He works there, so he gets the cheap salads. We're going to check in with Steve Poggi, comedian and toy seller now, deli aficionado, living in Missouri. Wow. Uh, there's, it's been a big week here at Muni Radio, especially for me. I've spent a lot of time crying. Now, why would that be? Could it be that I am old now and I stayed up all night on Friday night and it ruined me? <laughs> I'm, now I'm a, I'm just a ball of emotion and rawness. I, like I'm finally over it. I think I finally got my sleep back from. I, I used to do all-nighters all the time. I am 42 years old and feeling it. Uh, so I stayed up all night, had a really fun time outside of Cobb's Comedy Club waiting for the stand-up NBC auditions. Did my minute. Called in there in the morning. It was number 46, group two. Group two. Uh, did my best. Did my minute. Did it as perfectly and wonderfully as I could in pure Pam fashion. Definitely brought the heat. Did not get called back. Although, in my defense, they were looking for diversity. And I am not diverse. I mean, my politics are diverse. But I am super white. But I have a lot of culture. I've, And I don't even like the word appropriation of culture. I like to cook other foods from other nations. And I'm totally down with it. Am I appropriating their culture by eating their delicious foods? No, I'm appreciating their delicious foods. You can appreciate someone's culture without appropriating it. Uh, I, I, I wish Latoya was here. I um, know a girl who is super white and she got really into making Native American headdresses. They're very expensive out of feathers and things. And I, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, when does a appreciation become appropriation uh, I mean I guess when you make money off it right so if you're still not making money it doesn't matter but when you're talking about something like blues where uh, you steal the music that was culturally that they came up with and then make money off it like Elvis that's and Dwight Yoakam or whatever I don't know I don't know what I'm talking about today uh, let's get to the Drug Policy Alliance. When uh, old, I just don't want to get too into what's been going on with me this week because I'm sure that Steve Poggi and Latoya will want to hear it too. And I don't want to tell you guys twice, all 13,000 of you, which, what? I can't believe that. But uh, no, I know it's over the month. So in the month of June, 
there were 13,000 downloads of the AltaCast, which I am surprised at. Very surprised that you guys want to know about uh, the real news, the socialist news. We are the Drug Policy Alliance. We're going to do their news today. Also, Narl, Pro-Choice American. Uh, we're also going to talk about opiate addiction and how it touched Mutiny Radio directly. And um, looked up some ways that people can get addiction treatment in San Francisco. Because uh, one of the things is, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. You know, that's always the, hey, said Jess made it in. That's great. Okay, so we've got the Drug Policy Alliance news. This is thanks to our friend Melissa Moore at Drug Policy Alliance in New York State. This is a new Drug Policy Alliance report. It's time for the U.S. to decriminalize drug use and possession. Uh, There was a teleconference last Tuesday, yesterday at 1 p.m. ACLU, Human Rights Watch, Law Enforcement Action Partnership, Movement for Black Lives and Latino Justice Join Drug Policy Alliance to call for decriminalization. Supporters of decriminalization include the United Nations, World Health Organization, International Red Cross, Organization of American States, NAACP, National Latino Congreso, and American Public Health Association. Defying retrograde federal administration, U.S. states and localities are taking lead unraveling drug war and implementing health-based drug policies. An unprecedented and wide-ranging coalition of powerful stakeholders is calling for an end to the widespread practice of arresting people solely for drug use or possession. A press teleconference yesterday Uh, will be accompanied by the release of a new Drug Policy Alliance report endorsed by over 30 organizations that lays out a roadmap for how U.S. jurisdictions can move toward ending the criminalization of people who use drugs. Ending criminal penalties for drug possession, often referred to as decriminalization, means nobody gets arrested, goes to jail or prison, or faces criminal punishment for simply possessing a small amount of drug for personal use. The emerging consensus for decriminalization comes at a pivotal moment with the federal government ramping up the drug war in the face of bipartisan opposition and widespread public support for health-based responses in increasing opioid addiction and overdose deaths. Polls of presidential primary voters last year found that substantial majorities support ending arrests for drug use and possession in Maine, 64%, New Hampshire, 66%, and even South Carolina, 59%. In 2016, the first state-level decriminalization bill was introduced in Maryland, and similar version was reintroduced in 2017. The Hawaii legislature, meanwhile, overwhelmingly approved a bill last year, creating a commission to study decriminalization. Just last month, the United Nations and World Health Organization released a joint statement calling for a repeal of laws that criminalize drug use and possession. They join an impressive group of national and international organizations that have endorsed drug decriminalization that include the International Red Cross, Organization for American States, Movement for Black Lives, NAACP, and American Public Health Association, among many others. Removing criminal penalties for drug use and possession will increase opportunities for people to get help, said Emily Kaltenbach, Senior Director of National Criminal Justice Strategy at Drug Policy Alliance. Today, people who need drug treatment or medical assistance may avoid it in order to hide their drug use. If we decriminalize drugs, people can come out of the shadows and get the help they need. 
The criminalization of drug possession is a major driver of mass incarceration and mass criminalization in the United States. Each year, U.S. law enforcement makes at least 1.2 million arrests simply for drug possession. On any given night, there are at least 133,000 people behind bars in U.S. prisons and jails for drug possession, and 63,000 of them are held pre-trial. Our current laws have branded tens of millions of people with a lifelong criminal record that makes it hard to get a job or an apartment, said Art Way, Senior Director of National Criminal Justice Strategy at the Drug Policy Alliance. The experience of the last few decades shows that criminalization has been utterly ineffective in reducing problematic drug use. Discriminatory enforcement of drug possession laws has produced profound racial and ethnic disparities at all levels of the criminal justice system. Black people compromise just 13% of the U.S. population, but they compromise 29% of those arrested for drug violation, drug law violations. Nearly 35% of those incarcerated in state or federal prison for a drug violation, and roughly 35% of those incarcerated in state prison for drug possession. Decriminalizing drug use would be a huge step toward eliminating racial disparities in law enforcement, added way. Drug decriminalization also fuels mass detentions and deportations for non-citizens, including legal permanent residents, many of whom have been in the U.S. for decades and have jobs and families, possession of any amount of any drug, except first-time possession of less than 30 grams of marijuana, can trigger automatic detention and deportation, often without the possibility of return. From 2007 to 2012, more than 100,000 people were deported simply for drug possession. Many jurisdictions in the United States have already made successful steps toward decriminalization by reducing criminal penalties for drug possession. Some of these efforts include defelonizing drug possession by reducing it from a felony to a misdemeanor, which the Oregon leg legislature just approved last week. Decriminalizing or legalizing marijuana possession, establishing pre-arrest diversion programs such as Law Enforcement Assisted Diversion, LEAD, and enacting 911 Good Samaritan laws, which allow for limited decriminalization at the scene of an overdose for people who are witnessed, witnesses and call for emergency medical assistance. But more ambitious efforts are needed. Several countries have successful experience with decriminalization, most notably Portugal. In 2001, Portugal enacted one of the most extensive drug law reforms in the world when it decriminalized low-level possession of and use of all illegal drugs. Today in Portugal, no one is arrested or incarcerated for drug possession. Many more people are receiving treatment, and HIV, AIDS, and drug overdoses have dramatically decreased, all without any significant increases in rates of crime or drug use. The Portuguese experience demonstrates that ending drug criminalization alongside a serious investment in treatment and harm reduction services can significantly improve public safety and health. Next week in Chicago, Drug Policy Alliance will host an invitation-only two-day convening of several dozen leading criminal justice and public health stakeholders to strategize next steps in building support for drug criminalization. Uh, the fall, wow, there's a huge list of individuals that have endorsed the drug policies report. It's really extensive. Uh, let's see how fast I can go through it. A New Path, Parents for Addiction, Treatment, and Healing, American Civil Liberties Union, American Friends Service Committee, Colorado, Broken No More, California of Addiction, ah, California Society of Addiction Medicine, Center for Juvenile and Criminal Justice, Center for Living and Learning, Centro Caritas de Formacion, Clergy for a New Drug Policy, 
policy, community-oriented correctional health services, curb prison spending, Dance Safe, Denver Justice Project, Drug Policy Australia, Drug Policy Reform of Hawaii, Drug Truth Network, Global Exchange, Grief Recovery After Substance Passing, Harm Reduction Action Center, Harm Reduction Australia, Iglesia Evangelista Protestante de El Salvador, Intercambios Asociación Civil, International Center for Science and Drug Policy, International Drug Policy Coalition, Juno Diaz, Latino Justice, PRLDEF, Law Enforcement Action Partnership, Moms United to End the War on Drugs, National Advocates for Pregnant Women, New Mexico Criminal Defense Lawyers Association, Progress Now and New Mexico, Project Families First, Release, Samuel DeWitt Proctor Conference, StopTheDrugWar.org, Students for a Sensible Drug Policy, Transform Drug Policy Foundation, Trinity United Church of Christ, Chicago, Washington Office on Latin America, and Women with a Vision. That's a lot of groups that are all about drug policy reform. I had no idea that there are so many people trying to change uh, the way that we look at drugs. So yeah, decriminalize it and uh, help have access, give people access to treatment because right now none of us know how to get it. You know, like I, I watch a lot of intervention, but that's the only way I know how to get people help is by calling the little number at the end of the A&E show. That's pathetic. Uh, but, you know, we should know. That's why I was going to go through today. Well, what do you do if you have an opiate addiction in San Francisco? How do you get treatment? And I looked up first, the first couple things I look up are very expensive and beautiful. The Alpine, Re- Alpine Recovery Lodge looks awesome. Uh, there's some pictures. These ones are all sponsored, though. These lovely little houses. Stonewater Adolescent Recovery Center. That doesn't work. There's gender-specific treatment centers. Male only, female only. Executive facilities. Luxury facilities. Let's see what a luxury facility for San Francisco treatment is like. We're going to look at both ends here. Five-star dining, the best amenities, resort-like environment. How much? How much? I mean, if I was trying to kick heroin, I would definitely not care about five-star dining. I think that you throw up for a while. So, um, but this looks great. I want to see how much they don't have, like, uh, have questions, speak with a treatment advisor, or request a call. They don't... They are not talking about money here. Home, addictions, addiction treatments. Let's see. Addiction treatments by type. Detoxification and counseling. Cognitive behavioral treatment. Family intervention therapy. Resident treatment programs. Yeah, that's the thing. Residential treatment treatment programs are live-in facilities designed for those who need round-the-clock care. These facilities provide a safe, supportive environment for individuals who desperately seek a need to end their drug habit. Residential treatments, facilities generally have staff physicians, addiction counselors, detoxification. How much? How much does it cost? They have a helpline. Here's another one. This is heroin.net. Overuse or misuse, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so there's a bunch of these. There's one right here on 18th Street called Rolando Pensoy on 18th Street. This is, I didn't know there were so many just right around here. Oh no, it's like just a person and you call, I see. Well, gosh, they really are cagey about this whole price thing, aren't they? San Francisco Women's Rehabilitation Foundation, Asian American Residential Recovery Services. I see, there's a lot of things in San Francisco, but 
Here, let's try Alcoholics Anonymous. That's free, right? But that's, I mean, can you, can anyone get off heroin by just going to an AA meeting? I don't think so. I think that you gotta be, okay, so these treatments weren't helpful at all for me to look up because they won't tell me how much it costs, but here we go. Free alcohol, drug, and other rehab resources in San Francisco. Free alcohol, drug, and other rehab sources in San Francisco. We help people take the first steps toward getting help for their drug and alcohol usage uh, and having drug-free lifestyles. To contact the person, blah, 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 blah. View our listings below. Okay, here we go. So, good. This helps. A mission council family day treatment. Um, that's alcohol abuse for Spanish speaking. Okay, that doesn't help us. Harbor House on 9th Street. Our purpose is to make a positive and lasting impact on families in recovery, living unsheltered and in poverty. Harbor House program engages families and communities to build assets and achieve greater independence. Our mission is to create and deliver integrated solutions to profound social problems. So they have housing. This is on 9th Street. Harbor House. Is this treatment center really free? That's what it says. Most of the listings on this website are free. However, we decided it would also be helpful for our visitors to see sliding scale treatment centers and low cost rehab centers for low income persons. Hi, all the, the, the Latoya has entered the building. She, her Uber finally delivered her to the promised land. Oh, you brought me plums. I love it. Thank you for the plums. That's so great. Thank you. All right. We got the plums today. We got Latoya in the house. Yeah, hell yeah, makes him. You look great today. Uh, I always comment on how you look. That's terrible. Uh, so I was. So first, we already did some drug policy news and talked about. Yeah, there's calling for to end the war on drugs, and we know about decriminalization news, basically reminding us about stuff. But uh, so the opiate crisis has finally touched Mutiny Radio. Yes. Yes. So that happened. Yeah. And that, that's sad. Right. I know. But here's the thing. It's so pervasive. And now it's, I mean, it's touching everybody. And we sit here on the show and we say, oh, it's the biggest killer now. More than accidental car deaths. It's yeah. uh, opiate, strange opiates addictions. And, and what the, we talked about it for weeks, what the pharmacology, uh, pharmaceutical companies have been doing to basically create dependence on these crazy drugs. And now that it's, now that it's, gotten into white America now now we need harm reduction now we need a new drug policy it's so big where were you doing the 80s and 90s right so but now it's and it's 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 fingers are all the way deep in deep into the uh, recesses of socialist Social, socialist held community radio stations so yeah, there was there was a there was a, and it's Terry said there was a theft from Mutiny Radio you guys can donate to us right now Please. on our website press that donut button or go to our GoFundMe and give us some money so we had um, about a fourth of our budget stolen and uh, and this person is incredibly remorseful and wrote a really long letter about their crippling opiate addiction and that it has gotten so serious and I we didn't want to involve the police but we did because I don't know how else to get people help right I mean you can't by ignoring the issue you can't 
you're enabling. Right. And I've watched way too many interventions. interventions. (laughs) And I told him straight up, I looked at him in his face and I've watched, he's like trying to say, no, don't call the police. And I'm like, I've watched too many interventions. I've watched too many interventions. We have to, we have to make a record of this. I have to send them the tape. We have them on tape. I have to send, I have to give them the note because because we want to help you. Yeah. And the thing is, I know that money's gone. And we're going to try to make it back in other ways through, you know, donations. We're going to try to have a, we've got some upcoming, you know, uh, fundraisers this Saturday. You can come watch The Godfather here. Uh, you can always come to a Pamtastics. You know, just come by and give us money. It'll be great. But, um, so the, oh, it, it touched us. Yeah. And, it, and it's so hard to watch an adult that you know and be like, wow that but that could be me so easily right and the fact of the matter is just like you know it's it that's not them no it's not that it's the addiction it's the addiction and you know the the fact is you know how remorseful this person was so remorseful so remorseful but still lying I've watched so much intervention. I know. I like, but it really, if I hadn't studied Jeff von Vondervan, <laughs> Jeff von Vondervan, but I like von Vondervan, von 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 He's got like 15 letters in his name. Oh, I love him. He says, he sits him down and he says, we're all here uh, because we want to fight to, to get you back. And we're asking you to join the fight. We're joining. We've all been fighting for you. Now we're asking you to join the fight. Come and he on. keeps it real too. Keeps it he, fucking he, real. He's just like you know, if a person doesn't want the help, then you're just gonna have to cut them off. Right. Here. Exactly. And that's, well, we change the locks. I mean, there's he has no more access to here because we can't enable. We can't let it go. Can't. This place is so. It's it's a. We communally pay the rent, and we can't do. We, yeah. we need everybody. And see, this is what I wish on my father's side that they would do to him because my father's on heroin oh and they've been enabling him he's had drug issues since i was born um and the fact of the matter is they keep enabling him and giving him a place to stay Mm -hmm. and all these things and i mean this is what happens when you have decades of drug use and you're able to just get away with it because mom mom is going to take care of you your Mm -hmm. sister's going to take care of you you're just yeah your phone you use the money that you're supposed to pay your phone bill with to buy to buy smack and then you go will you please but i need my phone but i need i can't i can't without my phone i can't now look what you're doing to me you're not giving me my phone yeah and it's like whoa back up friend you spent the money on drugs man like there's consequences this person um who you know did this who violated the station because that's what it is um do they have any relatives or anyone else you know of to uh not not really no i um i know that he has children somewhere but i i mean this is the thing i'm never maybe someday he might go to treatment and he might actually give us the money back maybe he'll do it someday I, that's the first step of recovery. That's the first step as they go. We got to do reparations or whatever. <laughs> reparations. <laughs> uh, but, and maybe that would come back, maybe. But at this point, it's just kind of, I've got to write it off and be like, well, we got to work harder this, like, I'm, all it means is like, I, I mean, I'm so mad because I'm like, look what you did to me. Now I have to work so much harder this month. I kind of wanted to take August off, but now I can't. Yeah. I, I have to be here every Friday to try to make money, to try to like, 
I've got to put together more shows. I've got to work harder. And it's like, oh, and it just puts me behind. So he stole from me. Like he stole from me. It's the trust and violation. It's the trust and violation. Well, but it's me. It's the disrespect because I work so hard. And it was so awful because I just come back from my food stamp thing where I'm crying, where my, just the savior comes out and like an angel swoops down and sends the right emails. I'm, I'm crying to the food stamp people because I'm like, I make less money now that I'm running a business and now I have $16. You guys have made me have $16 in food stamps. I can't live on $16. And I'm crying and crying. And she's like, okay, well, you need this and this. And I'm trying to explain how this business works. And she's like, how does this? She's like, you don't even, how do you, you don't make enough money to pay yourself $1,000 a month. And that's what you say you're getting. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's crazy, isn't it? And so I'm telling, she's like, you have to write this affidavit of like how you make the money or whatever. And so I had to write down, I'm like, so we have a GoFundMe and this month going to pay me and we've got shows and I've got the fundraiser this Saturday and we've got, you know, it's all crazy stuff. Oh my God, my amazing lawyer, Francis Shaheda. This has been a really hard week for me and really emotional. I've been crying a lot just because I don't deal well with stress. Like I deal really well with stress in like a theater situation. Like I can stage manage the shit out of a show that has 170 cues, lights and sound and like people are going. I mean, I can do all that stuff. No problem. I, I would never cry. But like this is multiple. you put me in front of a judge and I just weep. There's nothing I can do. Or the food stamp people like because I was so frustrated. I was like but you guys I'm so poor I'm just an art and I keep looking at it I'm like I'm a good person this is me talking to the food stamps like I'm like I'm a good person I swear to you I'm just trying to be an artist and I have this thing but I need my food stamps like I need them sixteen dollars sixteen dollars how the how the hell how the hell are you supposed to eat anything with $16? It's, like, it's so stupid. It's, it's like, oh, I can get four salads at it's, Safeway. It's something. It's something, and that's good. I know, but I think it's an insult, too, compared to you were at, what, 140? I, 140? Well, I used to be at 167, but then they moved me to 147 and then down to 127. And and, and now I'm at 16. I After this, when they finally go through my stuff, they're going to bump me back up. But I kept telling them, I'm like, here's the thing you don't understand. I'm like... Some months, there isn't enough money. But then I'll do a big fundraiser and we'll get like $2,500. And then everything's good for a little bit. And then, so I was, and she's like, but what's the, I'm like, well, and the shows fluctuate. Like I'm, we lost a bunch of shows recently. So I've got to get new shows in. So I have to work harder to get new shows. And I'm trying to explain to her like what I'm doing. And she's just like shaking her head like trying to take notes and she's like because I have to give this to another worker and they've okay so then so that's the date so I come back from that to here and that's when I recognize that the money is gone that was on Monday that was on Monday and so I'm like man you know while I'm fighting you know fighting my my life is fighting to try to keep this place alive and it's so hard and then for someone to just stab me like that and be like fuck you and all your hard work I'm taking your money because heroin's more important yeah I need to get high that's a lot of heroin too. Four hundred what how much four hundred and fifty dollars. Pills, whatever. I don't know how much they cost. I don't know what's going on. I, mean, I don't know who has access. Amount. I think it's a decent amount. I don't know. I don't I, I don't, don't know. Do, I don't when do I watch the intervention know. though, sometimes they go they go like Nancy spends eight hundred dollars a day on drugs. And I'm like, How is that possible? A that's day. I mean, I think that's when you have sex for the drugs. Sucking dick. Yeah. Yeah. Which is and that's the thing that's so crazy is how desperate do you, where do you, where does it end? What's your bottom? You know, there what's is. the, what's the rock? And for, I don't think it's this guy's rock bottom. I think that no. I, this is, 
somehow he justified it that it was okay. Like I'm not a person or something or that it doesn't, I mean, I guess the addiction, I, I mean, you could, I mean, I, I've, I'd steal from my parents way before I'd steal from fucking Pam Bench, like the station director. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and the fact of the matter is like, you know, it's on camera. Like you, he didn't, be, he didn't know there was a camera. Oh, well, he didn't good. remember there's a camera during training during the eight hours of training that everyone receives at mutiny radio i tell everybody that's a camera right there it's back there so you can see it can see both in here through the window and it can see the door and it can see well, thank god for that well the reason we got the camera was that years ago someone was mad at somebody and they we used to have a couch in here a big red couch and they slashed the big red couch with like Knives. Whoa, that's creepy. Yeah, it was super creepy. And we were like, who did it? And we couldn't figure it out. We didn't have a camera. So then we got a camera because we wanted to know shit like that. And it's been really helpful. The day that the guy stole my bag, the chrome bag that I'll never get. Oh, yeah, that, that's that, that was we saw it. We saw and I gave it to the cops and they like pretty much laughed at me. You know, they were like, because that's what we pay them for. Well, no, but it was it was that I needed you need to have an incident report if you try to claim anything. So if I I made a police report because then I can get you have to figure out what to do with your passport you have to declare it stolen you know there's all this kind of shit that if you have an ID stolen or a card or whatever and you have a police report then everything gets returned to you or whatever like so my credit cards were in there yeah and like that's how I got the money back was that I was like here was the police report here's what happened and I stopped them this way blah 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 but hey um, it the it's on. I'll tell everybody on the in the universe. <laughs> uh, it's 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 right there. We we have Wi-Fi passwords uh, at the station. Uh, anyway, so that was this has been a really it's been a really crazy week, and uh, so uh, I'm totally I'm, I'm sorry. I'm gonna uh, donate some money oh, to the Gold Fund me. Yeah, just because that that just. That violation and that trust thing, and the fact of the matter is, just like you know, every day is a struggle. Every day, is you a know, four hundred and fifty dollars may not be anything to some people, but it is to a lot of people. To us, it is huge. That's like a fourth of our budget. That's like a fourth of our budget, without I, including my me being paid. That's so <laughs> just like the, to keep the place a lot, like to pay the freaking rent. It's, it's like, so scary how it. how finances just just you know. <laughs> stress people the fuck out well and money breaks people apart like it breaks apart marriages and it's so stressful and and you know getting back to the ultimate and our socialist tendencies if we could all you know give a little more like my amazing lawyer let's talk about francis shaheda esquire this guy is amazing so not only did he so that i never had to cry in front of like a big judge he made it so that my case didn't have to be with the DA at 850 Bryant. Usually what they do is you have to be seen at 850 Bryant and then they go, oh, we're going to refer you to this neighborhood courts thing. Okay. So he, so I didn't have to appear the first time. He made it so that I could just appear at the neighborhood court. Did all my paperwork, set everything up for me, did everything, talked to them and got it all put together. Told me what to do, told me blah, blah, blah. Then he shows up for me yesterday. He shows up for moral support that's awesome. And then they go, oh, you can't be inside. You're, it's, she's only allowed to be in there alone. He's like, okay. And he stayed. He stayed for the whole thing until they, until they told me my sentence, which is 
it's so funny the Crimea River song is it's really it's the least sentence that it could have ever been I have to take a four hour class with the ABC where I learn about alcohol laws in San Francisco which I need to know anyway yeah like <laughs> seriously so, so you're educating me so they're gonna educate me for four hours and then I take a test and then I have to write a paper about what I learned and I have to give it to the people that uh, at the court the neighborhood court and I'm this is going to be five hours out of my time. It's nothing. It's better than a fine. It's better than $4,000, uh, which is what it was originally going to be. And yeah, and the, the thing is that, I mean, I was crying the whole time because I'm, I'm a basket case. <laughs> but I told them all about Mutiny Radio, and I was like, at the end, they're like, do you have anything else to add? I'm like, I already do community service with. So I tell them about the Boys and Girls Club. They're like, I brought the podcast if you want to listen to some of it. And they're like, what do you do? I'm like, I hang out with the kids at the Boys and Girls Club and I teach them radio on Wednesdays. And the guy goes, looks at me and goes, why do you do that community service? And I'm like, because I want to teach kids how to have self-esteem and be on the radio. And Maybe it's something they might be interested in in their future. Because I'm not a selfish asshole. Because I'm, I'm, you know, like, because it's, yeah, I donate my time. It's for that community and, right, service. Right. So I think punishment. that's the reason why I didn't get any community service is that I'm already doing community service and I told them about it. I gave them all flyers. And so I, I was <laughs> that's like, a good hustle. I was like, you guys should come by. I have comedy every Friday. Yeah. <laughs> good hustle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing I figure about this class too. This class is for people who have seen IDs wrong or sold to children underage at a corner store or at a bar they let him in with a fake ID or right. blah 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 Didn't ch- the, the bartender that doesn't check the ID all these things and so we're all going to be in this class and what an opportunity to meet cool people That's I true. love bartenders See, oh, and to spread th- and when I know this knowledge I'm in a, I'm on the radio I'm going to talk about the fucking knowledge they they picked the right person to send to class or whatever. <laughs> Just because when I went to DUI school, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about DUIs. And I also learned that I'll never drive a car again because I don't want to get another DUI. <laughs> so I learned, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I've got the thing here now. It's like, no alcohol. Can't have alcohol here. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. We don't We don't want a $4,000 fine. No, can't afford it. No. It would tank the place. Yeah. It's just booze. It'll be around. It's, yeah. It's, and so I wrote an email to Debbie of Asiento and she's willing to do a partnership with me where I do my dating show. So here's my idea. Okay. Right. It's either a Saturday or a Tuesday, depending. And I've got to market it well, but I get 15 men and 15 women. The first one will do cisgendered because let's not go crazy. 15 men and 15 women buy their tickets ahead of time and they're all single Mm -hmm. and they all meet at Asiento at 630 for a drink, which is included in their ticket price. And then if they want a second drink, there's a special, there's a mutiny special. So it's like a six fifty saying it's, she basically said she'll give them a $5 sangria with a dollar tip. So it's a $6 nice drink. It's usually eight fifty. So she'll give us the break on the drink if they want to get a second one. But then we send, they all talk and they're, you know, being singles. And then at seven forty five we send over the mutiny ambassador and they bring the whole group over here for the show. So we have 30 seats. There's 30 people for the show. They've already had a couple drinks. And then we do that next, my dating game show, where we're going to pick two singles out of the audience and they're going to be speed dated by our comedians. So there'll be five female comedians Uh and five male comedians that will speed date someone out of the audience. But none of us know yet (laughs) because we don't know until we find out when I 
kind of meet them at Asiento and I talk to them. I'm like, you got to be cool, bro. You got to do it. It's going to be great. Community service. Community service. I'm going <laughs> to hook up singles. So this is my idea because I figure we can sell tickets at, if we sell them at $25, then we make 20 but We make, we give Asiento $6 of that ticket because that's what they want, which is easy. And then we take $19. So $19 a person for a show. That's great. That's pretty good. Yeah. Includes show and a and a show drinks. and a drink. Why, and the second not? drink, they're all going to buy a second drink. And the second drink's still only six bucks. So that's great. Still, because when you think about it, you're going to be spending that much at the bar and then some. Exactly. Plus tip. And we're stacking the deck. So I talked to Debbie because I was like, are you too busy at Saturday? It's from 630 to 730. And she's like, no, we're, we're, that would be perfect to have 30 extra people in here. So, and she was like, oh, Tuesdays would work too, because they aren't super busy on Tuesdays from 630 to 730. So it's basically like a win-win situation. Right. Where everyone benefits. Where everyone benefits. But the thing is, I've got to figure out where to market this show. Like, how do I get singles? I've got to like get a fake Tinder profile or get people on to I've got to get people that are on the show. Ooh, I have to make sure the people on the show are single so they can promote it on Tinder or whatever. Right. Or I think the I like the idea of the fake Tinder profile. Fake too. Tinder profile, yeah. <laughs> It's a picture of my cat. I'm like, this okay, is my oh, pussy. Right. I mean, that's the thing. So I've got to, I'll put it on Craigslist on, you know, women seeking women or women seeking men. So that's the thing is once, once I do it once and it's, if it's popular and with that, I mean, I could do a queer one. I could do, I could do all gay. Yeah. I, I could do, there's all ways to go. I could, you know, it could Fet- be fetish dating. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, there's some freak. There's plenty of freaks in this town, right? But then if all them get because the comedians are fine anyway. That's the thing is that the 15 singles, the 15, you know, the 30 singles, all are going to meet each other anyway. But the show is funny because comedians are weird, and they're going to say funny things. And and it's but speed dating on the radio. I listened to the other one the other day, and I'm just like, it's so funny. Speed that's my on new, the radio. That's my new idea to make money. So, and how do I, you know, I have to write that into the thing for the food stamps. I'm like, so sometimes I make these really good shows on Saturday nights from eight to 10 and we make money. And it's, but if once a month I could have this crazy dating show where it's part of Asiento and Asiento promotes it too. And it's like a thing and it becomes like a thing. Why not? Why not? Yeah, because that place on uh, it looks like on Fridays they don't get packed until like after like eight or right. so. Right. It's they go. Yeah, that's the late night. They yeah. The, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So like I'm sure they're definitely you know wanting business beforehand because it's perfect timing. Yeah. It's Six thirty seven thirty, and then eight o'clock is the show. We yeah. just walk them right over. And then everything ends at ten. And, and everything go, ends at ten. They and can they go can go back. They can go back out. They can go back over La Ciento. Yeah. They can go to Benders. They can go to JB. They can go wherever they want. Uh, so yeah, unless you're addicted to alcohol, then don't do that. So, (laughs) uh, Harbor House. Yeah. I want to see all these treatment centers. Are they really free and how much do they cost? They're saying they are. Yeah. I've, I've always been interested about like certain, um, rehab centers that are, are, are there some that are free? Yeah, there are. I know there's a lot of course that you pay for, um, like especially the high end ones, but I've wondered what are like the free ones? What are they like? Exactly, inside? exactly. Like, and is it like a prison kind of? Well, this Harbor House on Ninth Street. They, they're here. I'll, we'll go to their website. Let's check them out and see what they look like. They're they're on the free one. So, oh dang it! They want us to join. I don't want to be a member. I'm just doing research for a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> don't join anything. I don't. I don't want to join anything. But that's the thing is they. 
now that's the trouble too is that I mean if you need the help you've got to find you find the help it's there it's all oh here's a nice picture let's see everyone looks like they're helping Um, Arbor House yeah Friendship House is on Julian Avenue Native American stuff Harm Reduction Therapy Center here we go Franklin Street the center founded by the leaders in the harm reduction therapy movement is a certified drug and alcohol treatment staffed by mental health professionals our program offers pragmatic proven solutions and substance misuse to substance misuse has an impressive record of positive results harm reduction therapy is a revolutionary client therapist collaboration that combines substance misuse treatment with psychotherapy so clients uh, can address both their substance use and the issues behind it well they're just talking about the therapy I the thing is oh I've seen this place okay Oh, I've, I'm sure we've walked by it a bunch yeah. of St. Anthony's. See, the, the thing is, there is, there's free help out there, but it might not be. It's yep. definitely not, not like the first place I was looking at where they're like five-star menus and beautiful yeah. I, Mill Valley that, accommodations. What's that place in Malibu Passages or something? Mm, I would like passages. to just go, go there for like just just to hang out yeah yoga i'm sure they have yoga and sit yeah. by the stream or whatever oh, and meditate i mean it's not i don't need a drink Fuck. oh i i, I, I you know shake, i used to man. i used to think about that actually um <laughs> after i when i just left my husband when i was trying to figure out if i could survive in the real world i was like maybe i should just sack up and tell my parents that i'm addicted to alcohol and pot and that i want to get better and ask to, for them to pay for me to go to a treatment place for three months. Just to clear your mind. Yeah. No, I would totally, like, I, I I, mean, I'd get into some free therapy. I just, I wouldn't talk about, I wouldn't keep weeding it back to drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Like, I mean, I could probably drink considerably less. Oh, I um, totally could. And I, it's not healthy, but it's, it's habitual, and I enjoy it very, very much. But I also feel like, you know going to a place like that like I don't need a drink I, I'll do yoga all day yeah, and like I get it such a good shit I know I'd be kale and salads and sesame dressing and stuff There's carrots shaved in there not like I, I couldn't do that anyway but I would like, lose 15 pounds right that's how much I want to lose anyway shit that would be great but those places are expensive right. well I'm, I'm house sitting in the mission right now and it kind of feels like it's a spa treatment facility like it's their beautiful backyard is on the patio with the cats yeah mm. the nice beautiful hardwood floors yeah it's nice you can slide along the string <laughs> yeah but you times. know the sad thing some of these um the free rehabilitation places are getting their budget mm. cut yeah well and that's the whole thing with uh, when, mm. the, the the budget that just came through and when we're looking at more harm reduction it just when it touches this close to home i'm like how do you find and it, it, it is not easy already like looking to find free help for opiate addiction no. I think that if it was if it was me and I was really really wanting to stop I would just walk into general and I would just walk into I would just walk into general and be like I need help. tell me where to go right now I need I need help uh, but you know when you see people I, it's so hard to conceptualize because a I'll never be addicted to opiates because we know my story about, bless you, we know my story about fentanyl and not liking it, and I've never liked opiates. I've never enjoyed them whatsoever, so it's just not something I'm going to get addicted to. Um, But 
Valium I certainly could get addicted to. If, if I allowed myself to, oh, Christ. I could get on those benzos, benzodiazepines like in a second. But um, how bad How bad does it have to get? Like Stealing? So, right, but somewhat, this, this dude's already living in his car. Oh, God. He's already lost his kids. And, and then, you know, but it's like, what's the end? And when do you... And trying to put myself empathetically in that situation... I, if I were him, I wouldn't be at my rock bottom because he still has his car. Uh, he hasn't gotten rid of his car yet. Once once you're sleeping like on the actual street. On the concrete, girl. On the concrete or you get some cardboard because you really need to take yourself off of the actual street because it's a lot warmer and there's just even a little bit of a layer is very helpful. Just newspapers even. Uh, um, it is not comfortable. <laughs> I, I tried so last... Friday night, I spent the entire night awake because I was uh, I was in line for that stand-up NBC thing, and I got my minute in, at Cobb's in front of the NBC. There were four, five casting agents. I didn't I didn't advance or anything, uh, but I had a great minute, and but I waited. I stayed up all night for it, so I left here at ten after my show, and I got on the nine bus and I took it to the Kearney. I took the thirty, and I got off right in front of Cobb's. And I sat down. I was number 46. And I actually had this really good space. Everyone had chairs like next to me and in front of me. And I was, I lucked out that I was in this alcove. And I was like, well, this is where I'm going to like lay out. I have this alcove. This is going to be great. I'm going to lay down. <laughs> and at one point, I'm like, all right, it's time to lay down. This is before Zach uh, brought me two beers. Uh, so I'm going to lay down and get in my blanket. And I'm laying on the, in this, and I'm like, Oh, I can't, I can't get can't comfortable. I've got my head on my backpack and I was like, you know what? And then my friend, I heard my friend Zach and I was like, oh, and I got up and he just brought me two tall boys and I was like, oh, right. And then <laughs> my new friend, uh, Kirsten, she had just finished her coffee. So I took her coffee cup and I hid my beers and I kept filling my coffee cup and I was up all night. I had so much fun. <laughs> I was, I was the person in line that constantly knew the count. I was like, I'm the person with the count. I know what the count is. And I kept counting people and counting bodies. And I said, who's, how many people are sleeping in that car? Like, and I was like figuring out like the whole count. And then this one girl was at the end of the line and she walked up and she was like, what do you, what do you think? And I said, you're number 91. And she's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty certain. And when she showed me her paper in the morning, she was number 91. That's awesome. I was on that motherfucking count. And I was, but so people at the end of the line when they start showing up early morning, and I'm still awake. Everyone's like, "Pam's the ambassador. She knows what's going on." And I'd be like, "Okay, so here's the rundown. You're gonna, they're gonna take us in in group of thirty. You're gonna talk, you can do your minute. You're all each other's thing. You clap for each other, but they only take the first hundred. I've been counting, so you're at. And I was like, "But if people don't show up because they fall asleep, they do whatever. The alternates get to go, but you might not. So once the hundred cutoff happened, and it was like at six in the morning. Oh wow! And I was like, "Y'all should have been here." fucking early like the rest of them. 1045 I was there. 1045 p.m.? P.m. I was there all night and then they passed out the wristbands at 8 a.m. and then we could all go away and then the first group got called in at 845. I was in group two. I got in at 945. That was an all nighter. It was an all nighter and so then I had to pick, then it was hot that day and I had to take public transportation home and I smelled and I was like so this goes back to the empathy thing once you're literally on the street I was only on the street for like 12 hours for, thir for 13 hours and 15 minutes I was on the street That's too long. and I smelled when I got home and took that shower I couldn't believe it like I mean I guess I'd been awake the day before too but 
I'd been on the literal street. It was I. St- I was. It was gross. So just imagining being. I mean, I guess if you take enough heroin, you don't care. Yeah, you you're not in your right mind by that point. And I I think the bottom out. It depends. Like, you can lose your car. You, you lose your kids. But maybe it takes till they get arrested, in jail, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. overdose. Even people who've overdosed and come back, they'll still go back and do it. That's not their bottom yet, you know. So yeah. I mean, even you remember, like in did when you had your DUI, did you have to kind of do that, like the rehabilitation, like the AA? Yeah, I had yeah. to do. I had to get signed off on uh, 10 classes yeah so like I had to do the same thing like go to AA which I'm not a I'm not a drug addict or alcoholic I just got a DUI but the stories you know they would tell you like your rock bottom and you know this is when you hit your rock bottom and I feel like everyone's rock bottom is completely different yeah compared to what I was told in the AA class. Sure. You know, so it's... It- well, and it depends. If That's what an intervention is. It's when you force the rock bottom. You force them to make a choice and you say, we're forcing this rock yeah. bottom. You're either going to... You either get the help or we all cut you off. And that's it. Yeah. But then the problem is that mom has a heart and she's like, you're a special that's snowflake. My baby. That's my baby. Special snowflake. And then... But that's the thing is... All of their money is going to drugs. Everything. Everything they say is lies. Everything they say is lies. All lies. They just, all the money is going to drugs. That's why, you, it, and I, I hate to be, you, when you see a questionably housed person on the street and they ask for money and they say, and it's like. I usually ask them, like, is this for your, are you going to, what you going to do? Are you going to get a drink or are you really going to eat? Because if you're going to, be honest with me, if you're going to Oh, drink, they're lying. Yeah. They're lying. Yeah. No, it's food. You're lying. I, I do want to tell a little quick story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is involving my dad and um, I, uh, my uh, other relative, uh, well, my brother. Uh, so basically, my father was living with my brother. Um, and then Who's my, hot, by the way. Yeah, I've seen thank you. Super hot. <laughs> thank you. Sorry if that's weird. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, so he, my dad would stay with my brother. Um, my brother got tired of my dad's shit so my brother kicked my dad out because again my father is on heroin well so was he doing it in the house and he said don't do it in the house or he was bringing people home or was it what sketchy was- stuff was happening right. things were turning up missing surprise oh, right so my brother i guess did not change the locks oh come to find out my dad robbed my brother wow robbed yeah. his son robbed his own son by the way, his son was letting him stay there for free. Wow. And my, plus, you know, my... He took pa- his computer, his iPad. Took, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, my brother is a big sneaker head. Some of his sneakers. Oh. He, like, has a museum of sneakers and, you know, DVDs and video... Just... Things that he sold for 10 cents a piece, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, he got all those DVDs and he went somewhere and he was like, yeah, five bucks for him, great. Yeah, and it's just, it's so fucking sad. Like, I haven't talked to my dad. I called him <laughs> intoxicated uh, and left a bad message uh, on my dad's phone because I had not talked to him since, I want to say, Christmas. Uh-huh. And, you know, the thing is, the sad thing is, this is nothing new. But it's so pathetic that you would steal from your own son. That's that's 
I mean, okay, so let me be um, let me be a heroin addict and justify. Well, he's my son. I made him. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so, I'm sure that's a just yeah. That's I, a, I made him. I raised him. Yeah, look, you I wouldn't raised, be here you know, without me. He wouldn't be without me. I raised him. I'd spend all that time and money raising yeah. him. Well, he, my dad didn't spend that much money. Oh, okay. On him. Right, but but, but still, I could see the valid like, well, you know, I wouldn't be here without you, or you wouldn't be here without me, kind of bullshit. Right. You yeah. Know? Well, you can spin the story any way you like. And I asked, I asked my brother, like, did you talk to the police? Like, man, I didn't call the police. I'm like, you should have called the police. Mm. But I mean, but this is in Kansas City, Missouri, so. But he can't get his stuff. He can't get insurance. Did he have? Did he have renters insurance or anything? No. 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 But he changed his locks and everything else, and you know. It's just a lesson learned. And, you know, I asked him, I asked him, too, like, well, did you, you know, talk to the dad, my father's side of the family? Do they know? Um, And he didn't tell them. And I said, you should have told them. You should have told somebody rather than, you know, your mother. We have different mothers. Mm. Um, Because my father's been getting away with this shit for so fucking long. He has to be, you have to hold him accountable at some point. I mean, my dad is like the real Keith Richards like his uh, and I don't think he'll ever get help Um, I'm waiting for that phone call does he just does he shoot up just like a little bit is it like I don't I think he's a snorter because he used to do coke a lot and he went through his crack phase and now he's into H which is why Um, so I think he's a snorter Hmm. Um, but you know going back to the whole intervention I wish there would have been a time or there could be a time if I could have that intervention with my dad Yeah. but I think he's just so he's been so enabled and coddled right because he's the baby boy that but you know, he's like 60 now right he is 60 yes he's like an right. adult he's he's more than adult he's like a you telling he's like me like granddaddy age y- you're telling me you're telling me you know, because so. once you're 60, those patterns are so ingrained. Like, yeah. And if you don't have to stop, why would you stop? That's the other thing they always talk about on intervention, is if you're if you're an addict and everything's being provided for you, there's no reason to, to stop because right. everything's great for you. For it's like everyone else's life sucks. Yeah. Around an addict, but their life, if they're getting their stuff, it's great. You're, you're gonna you can call somebody and get a ride and what have you. Oh, and then he got some disability money. Oh bought himself a car that pop that shit's probably gone <laughs> he probably pawned that for some drugs but yeah you know he, and mind you he, you know he's my father owed child support money and he owed for me and my brother um we didn't see any of that money right you know nothing like you know here sorry here's like a couple dollars here or there you know not saying that you know i was expecting it but he is a drug addict, so of course, what is he going to do with that money? It's I'm, like it's like a whole. We're in like this brave new world of, of like elder care. How do you do elder care if your elder is a drug addict? Like, what do you do? You know, it's like, how know. do you? Because remember, it's like why? Well, why do I have kids? I have kids because when you're old, they'll take care of you someday. No one else will take care of you if kids aren't there. And I'm like, that's kind of a fallacy in itself, right there. Yeah, it, it's foul. And it's foul. It's, it's a foul. fallacy. That's ah, but I mean, it, the the fact of like you know the violation of yeah. having something taken away from you and the trust. 
Well, I figured it's only four hundred. I mean, it's it is it sucks. It's awful, but it's four hundred fifty dollars. But this guy, he needs he needs help. I we the only time I've spent it. the only time I've spent four hundred fifty dollars on drugs was like back in the like ninety late nineties when I'd buy an ounce. Damn. You know, like and it was super expensive. You know. Yeah. Like it's so much cheaper now. <laughs> but I'd buy, you know, because, well, but back then I, you know, I bought it like retail <laughs> before there was retail. But it was, that's the only thing I would spend that much. Or I'd spend $450 on a case of wine. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, of course. Those are the drugs I'll spend my money on. Mm, the good Keontae. Right. Exactly. Well, it is a, not, definitely not a Merlot. Oh, never. Uh, but no, I used to buy expensive wine. So my addiction was but that's the thing is I actually in those days had an extra $450 to drop because it was like I was working at Ethan Allen Allen. and I had all the money and it was like oh we have parties let's just buy well the problem is we'd go out wine tasting and I would just buy I would I would just buy cases of wine that I liked Um, (laughs) but that was your addiction but that was my that was my it's like some people love shoes I love wine you know everyone has their own addiction though you know good or bad I mean what am I addicted to I'm I'm addicted to stage time probably yeah and um, maybe a little bit with the alcohol I mean I don't think that cannabis is addictive I mean I smoke it all day every day all the time but I don't smoke it because it's addictive I smoke it because I love it yeah Make me feel so, good. Make me feel so good. I don't know what my addiction is. I ha- I have to think about this because addiction is a strong. It's word a strong too. word, absolutely. Yeah, I know what I'm really, really. There's addiction, or was it? Would it be obsessive and then addiction, or? Well, and it's weird when we. I mean, I could also say, oh, I'm addicted to food, but that doesn't make sense because you oh. ha- we need food to live. Right. So you and you're you better not, be addicted to it. You, you're not eating right now. You know, you're not like, oh, I got to have a, a cheesesteak right now. Ooh. Well, if I had access to one, I would probably eat one. But <laughs> my access to cheesesteak is sadly limited. It's up there at the end of 24th Street. And it's like they're, they're like $11. I'm like, cheesesteaks are $11? Christ. Speaking of food to eat, San Francisco free eats chart. This is what the food stamps lady gave me because I was like, I was like, dude, I seriously don't know how I'm going to eat with $16. Thank God I've got benders. Um, And um, on Sunday they gave me all this pulled pork leftover. And then last night when I was there, I was like, I was like, will you give me some tortillas? I'll give you some pot treats for some tortillas. Cause I took the tortillas home and I put the, pork and the tortillas uh anyway so there's all these free places to eat every day of the week um and it's a neat little thing let's see let's pick today is wednesday so today wednesday there's um the curry senior center on turk between hyde and leavenworth super close to my house they have breakfast from 8 to 9 and lunch from 10 30 a.m until the tickets run out i don't know what that means uh, at Fraternie Notre Dame on 54 Turk Street between Market and Jones, they have a lunch from 11:30 to 1:30. That's nice. Uh, Glide Memorial Church. Oh, it's ages 60 plus. Nope, you nope, you can't, can't pass it. for oh, 60. Oh, there's hey, there's old Dumbface himself. Oh, old Dumbface is old Dumbface. Hey, old Dumbface. Hold on, let me put you on. Old dumb face Yay. is here. Old dumb face. Old dumb, dumb face. Old dumb face. Dumb face is here. 
Whoa! 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 The new phone. <laughs> wow! The new phone is 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 creeping at us. Cracking. Hey, uh, hey, Poach. Uh, I can actually hear you guys really well. You guys got a new phone. We got a new phone, yeah, and buddy. sadly, it. If I push it up too much, it beeps at us. But that'll work. That'll work. You're perfect. Hey, Poach, how you doing? Oh man, I am out here waging war against the Nephilim and fighting the good fight. <laughs> the Nephilim. I, aren't those one of the choirs of angels or devils? What is the Nephilim? I, I think the Nephilim is supposed to be, well, according to Supernatural, which I binged watched the entire 12 <laughs> seasons of, it is uh, the, uh, the product, of, it's the birth of an angel and a human hooking up. Oh! That's their baby. That makes sense. And it's sense. an abomination and must be killed immediately. <laughs> I, I thought it had something to do with angels. Sounds like yeah. an abortion. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, how's the toy sales going? Man, I just had a. I did a show on Sunday, and basically from six thirty in the morning to three in the afternoon, I had to man my post. I couldn't leave to smoke, pee, or eat or anything. No smoking, Christ. Uh, but I made thirteen hundred bucks. <gasps> nice. In one day. In one day, whipping toys out left and what? right. Wow. Now, what, what, what toy thing is this? He's selling toys now. Oh, good. They're, they're what kind Funko of toys? Pops. No, they're not like sex toys. They're like, they're like yeah. action Bobble figures. Heads. Oh, heads. Oh, so were these the ones that, did you make 1300 profit or 1300 total? Uh, just 1300 total. Okay. Not a, the profit gets a little weird because some of this stuff uh, I bought and then, like, I sold certain items out of the order, so they were paid off. Others I still owed on outright. But it's almost like like old West times. Like, I got to, like, I got to make my money in the summer and get ready for dinner. You're going to, you got to get, you got to dry your beef, got to get your beef jerky going. Right, got to hang my fish and <laughs> my horses. <laughs> circle the wagons circle the wagons uh we were just we were just talking about alcoholism uh how is how is your journey with alcohol treating you out there in the heartlands Are oh, you, everything's good it's, it's funny you would mention that i've got some pretty wild stories yeah uh, luckily they're, they're not like my downfall uh oh other people's I'm, downfalls I'm good. good yeah we I've, like that. i've had like like mondays and tuesdays i have a couple drinks uh, but other than that, I I don't really drink at all anymore. Wow. And uh, it's mainly because I had to drop a body off at the airport. What? Like someone else's dead body? Kind of. So my mom's friend, uh, her son, who's like 38, 37, <clears throat> is like, he has the most severe, like, alcoholism I have ever seen. Oh. Oh, like, he is just completely, uh, just fried, man. Like, he has seizures. Oh, God. The, and, like, he has to go to the hospital, but it's to the point where uh, the ambulance won't even come pick him up anymore. <gasps> like, they know who he is, and they're just like, yeah, we, we can't. Because he, he gets these ambulance rides, and they go, hey, man, you got to stop drinking or you're going to die. And he's like, whatever, I'm signing myself out and going to the bar. <sighs> wow. And, uh, like... He's done crazy shit, man. Like, he uh, he fell asleep drunk with a cigarette and burned down his apartment. What? <laughs> Did he yeah. own the apartment? Was it belonged to someone else? What was he it renting? To somebody else. He was renting it, but then his mom had to pay like ten grand oh, for Jesus. the like insurance premium or whatever, so that I could uh, 
like redo all the shit and everything. And Wait, why does he hate himself so much? Do you know? I have no idea, man. Like, <laughs> they brought him over to, like, talk to me, and he's just, like, a space cadet, man. Like, he's just, like... Because there's a certain point where, like, uh, alcoholism, like, goes beyond just, like, addiction. Mm -hmm. And it starts to bring in, like, certain levels of, like, psychosis. Sure, and absolutely. almost, like, you know, mental retardation and shit. Uh, so they basically were like, like his, like his drinking was so bad. His mom goes to NA, and she doesn't have any kind of addiction problems. She's just trying to deal with him. Wow! And it got to the point to where they were so tired of it. It was just like, you know what? If you're gonna drink till you die, you're not dying in this house. So we're giving you a thousand bucks and buying you a plane ticket to Tacoma, Washington, and hopefully you figure this shit out and you don't die. Wow. That's and, uh, gotta cut it off, man. So I was the one that fucking had to go drop the body there. <laughs> so me and my mom, we pick him up, and this guy's just frazzled, man. He's got this t shirt on, a black t shirt. It's just covered in cat hair. <laughs> he can barely walk. He can't zip up his pants. His How's haircut he... just makes it look like he's the stupidest son of a bitch on the <laughs> face of the earth. And uh, we get to the airport, and he like he's trying to like fiddle with his bags. His, He's so shocked, like, he can't, like, operate a zipper. A zipper's, like, too complex for him. Wow. How's he going to get and on the flight so, like that? Oh, dude, I got him out of the van, and he was just kind of standing there days. And I'm like, all right, man, you know, that's cool you're going on your adventure. Good luck, dude. And he's like, thanks, Steve. And he's just, like, looking around with these wide, wildered eyes. And he's, he's like, he's got rolling bags, but he's just, like, dragging these bags. And, like, one of them falls over, and he's just kind of looking at it. You know, you know, normally when you drop someone off at the airport, you wait for him to get up to the door. Right. And uh, not this motherfucker. Dude. You were out. He sat there for, like, <laughs> six minutes. And I'm like, he ain't my buddy, and he ain't my kid. So, fucking good luck, buddy. Wow. And we took off, and then, sure enough, the airport called, like, 20 minutes later. Because his zipper was down. He couldn't zip up his zipper. And someone thought he was going to whip his dick out and start pissing everywhere. So then they called the cops on him, and the cops were like, you got to come get this dude, man. He can't fly. Let's no yeah, he can't, way. No, they, no, I, that's anyway. what I was going to say. I'm like, they would not They wouldn't let him on the plane. plane. No way. Yeah, yeah and he, he wasn't even drunk. He was just fucked up. And that's right. just who he is. Because wow. the alcohol has ate so much of his brain. Well, then he, he needs like a handler. He needs like a helper to take him through the... Nobody wants to invest any time into him because he doesn't want to get better. He just wants to stay fucked. Wow. Wow, that's that's amazing. So similarly, I have a friend at the bar who was talking to me yesterday, and she said, "Oh, my friend finally died of alcoholism," and I was like, finally. "What?" And right. she, but it was the same type of thing. She she did like a what's that movie called? Um, Barfly. Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. She pulled a leaving Las Vegas and went to the store and just bought a shit ton of alcohol and drank herself to death. And she was twenty six. Are you kidding really? me? And she gave herself a heart attack. She Amy Winehouse, Amy Winehouse out. Damn, twenty six. Twenty six. Yeah. There's, you know, the thing with like addiction and stuff like that. Obviously, there's like deep rooted issues. Absolutely. And did you, I'm dove, oh dumb face. Do you know of any of the deep rooted issues this individual had or? No, I I have no idea. No idea. <sighs> but his his older like there's three kids. He has three and kids. The youngest. The babe, no, no, like he's one three, of three kids. He's got a, he's the middle child. He's got an older sister and a younger brother. And uh, the younger sister's got 
crazy drug problems. And she's got a, she's had all kinds of kids and she doesn't take care of it. They had a bad babysitter when they were little. They had something bad happen to them. Were they part of the same um, group of kids that like you that were put into the laundry baskets and covered? No, that happened in California. Oh, that happened in California. That happened in California. Oh, okay. Yeah, Poji can can trace his some of his things back to some strange babysitter and some weird mm. things that happened when he was little. We got to We got to give yeah. you some hypnosis and find out the, the stories from there. Oh, and write some well, jokes about like that one shit. Of the, like key signs of the childhood trauma is that you don't remember much of your childhood. Wow. Yeah. And there's a I'm missing a significant portion of mine, but you know what? Let's just let those dogs sleep. I'm not <laughs> <to do that laughs> Let's just let those dogs. Well, so wait. So you said that. So the sister has a drug issue. And yeah, she like she breaks into her, like her parents' house and like steals <sighs> iPads and jewelries and shit, and then sells them. She's on prescription medication. Mm, it's the opiates. Fantastic. The opiates are awful. Opiates and then uh, the Ritalin and the Speed or the Adderall. Right. Those and are things she can get. Ba- those are baby on. speed. Those are that's that's speed for children, and uh, but it's really effective if you open up the Adderall because it's supposed to be time release and if you snort it it hits you all at once so it's just like regular crystal meth it's really very right. very very similar except that it's made in a lab well actually so is crystal meth so, so is exactly. that, yeah. it kind of is made in a lab too so. just not your neighbor's lab right just not your neighbor's <laughs> washing machine toilet lab uh, we, yeah, but- we we had a we had a little uh, little heroin thievery that somebody from the station stole $450 to buy heroin with it and Oh, no, did you pinpoint who it was? Oh, yeah, absolutely. See him on tape. He wrote a confession and everything, but we're just, we're never going to see that money again. But we hope he gets help, and we made a little police report to try to create, you know. We asked them, you know, go get, so today on the show, we've been looking up heroin centers, and but um, he's he's not even near rock bottom. He he still has a car, so he's fine. Was it a, is it somebody I know? No, probably not. He He came into the comedy community after you left, I believe. He's pretty oh, new. So he was a comedian, like a DJ or anything? No, he was a comedian who was a DJ as well because he had all the codes. And, and the cops kept saying, maybe you should have better security. And I'm like, you are so correct, but usually we trust everybody. Like, I leave my computer. My computer's right there. Like, I just leave oh, it out. Oh, wow. He didn't even take Did my computer. Be- but there's, that computer's worthless. I mean, not, not to a not to a junkie. Not to a junkie. That's true, right? I yeah. guess. And all those CDs. Maybe he didn't and, see. He just went for the drug. You're like, I know where the money is, man. Yeah. Let's and went just go straight for, for it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's funny. The second you mentioned heroin, I automatically think of Zach Wise. Oh, I know, but it's so funny because he's such a good guy. And even yesterday, he gave me a new fuck Trump or you're fired and Trump is pointing at himself thing for me to sew on the back of something. And and I said, oh, Zach, you know, when the money got stolen, I just you give heroin addicts a good name, bro. And he's like, I'm not an addict. I'm like, I know, honey, I'm joking. But because he doesn't, he isn't an addict of anything. Uh, Zach Wiseman's theories are that if you do too many of one drugs, you just switch drugs. So if you do too much heroin and you start like heroin and too much, switch, switch to cocaine. If you're doing too much cocaine, start smoking weed. If you've been smoking too much weed, drink. If you've been drinking too much. I think Zach Wiseman is just a different character and a different species. He's a different species. Absolutely. I mean, I believe if it. that was any one of us, nah. Nah. Well, I, I I can't hang like that. I did ten days while only eating hallucinogenic foods. Oh yeah, but I, I had to totally I had to stop. I had to stop. Yeah, you, exactly. You had to stop because you stop. were losing your fucking. I was mind. losing my fucking mind. I think it's making me lose my mind because I think that that beeping sound, that sweet Gail calling, wanting to be on the show, and it's like Steve Poggi is way more entertaining. 
sweet Gail's still alive. That's she's still alive. <laughs> she's still alive. The Darth Vader of comedy. No, she's now she's in a she's in a senior center now. She's moved out of her apartment and she's in a senior center. Oh, good for her. Yeah. That Does she, she get out and do comedy at all? No, she can't. She is. She's had two hip replacements and two knee replacements now, so she's having a really hard time getting around. Well, it's I, good. I thought last time I talked to her that she was like she was coming back. She, they had rebuilt her. They bought some parts from AutoZone, and they fucking made her better than she was before. Like right. a robot? I think so, but then right. it's not, I don't, it's not working out as well as we would hope. But, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll love Joy and Wonderment this week, Gail. Hey, uh, Steve, I got a, yeah. so, um, I've been reading about, um, our hometown, and, uh, what's this thing about the minimum wage going back to $7? <gasps> yeah, so. Isn't that introduced- fucking dumb? They introduced a bill uh, about two years ago uh, to get the minimum wage to $10. And that isn't like all of like St. Louis St. County. Louis it's County. only like St. Louis downtown. The city. In the city. And, uh, yeah, so they introduced this bill, and it took over two years of processing to get it to go through. And then within like seven months, they got the bill like redacted or whatever. Oh, and so then it's, it's going to change back. So those people, so those people who were getting paid ten dollars an hour at Schnooks, which is a grocery chain down there, um, have or will be going back to getting paid seven dollars. <gasps> no. Yeah. yeah. Which well, that's the thing is like in Missouri, it's like it seems like they don't want anyone to really be prosperous. They want you <laughs> to continuously stay in a state of struggle. You know, it's not like we have, like, a bunch of tech stuff out here uh, to where, like, you can apply your personality. For the most part, it's just, like, these jobs where it's like, all right, you're hired here. Uh, you're going to work 40 hours a week, and then after that, you can make overtime, and we now own your soul, and this is what your soul is worth. Yeah, right. And there's not a lot of creative options uh, out here. Like, there's there's a few things out here but for the most part it's this traditional mindset of like you have to work really long hard hours to provide for your family yeah and you know you don't act up and you don't do anything out out of line with the company policy otherwise we just fire you but then you're making seven dollars an hour that's you can't feed that's not a livable wage well and here's the other here's the other problem with that too the the people that it affects um in the city of st louis are predominantly what black oh yeah well i just i don't i don't understand the the philosophy behind keeping people in a constant state of struggle i I don't i don't economically it doesn't help anybody rich or poor no one's happy like and then you know it's not the thing is it's just like there's already an issue economically in misery there most of the companies have already left or got became bankrupt and that started way back in the 90s i'm thinking about twa and then uh-huh. boeing and or it was mcdonald douglas and boeing a lot of the people um and, and, and heiser bush had some layoffs as well because it's MBEV. so a lot of these companies that a lot of the people in the city would work for are either gone or they've been laid off then what are the jobs out there is everybody working at arby's is that like is there like <laughs> yeah. there's like fifty seven thousand arby's and they employ like pretty the much. entire They're state there's a lot of fast food so you have a lot yeah um it's all it's all restaurant work and because they don't they don't want you to 
you know, get ahead. They don't want development. They want you to stay poor. They want you to stay mm. struggling. And, I mean, when you think about it, like, it's not like there's a lot of different art forms out here that you can prosper on. Right. It's not like, you know, San Francisco where you can be a Zach Wiseman, make some paintings, and then just put them on a street corner and then sell your quote-unquote art. Right. His art is good. Well, Give yeah. him they, Zach they Wiseman's talent. They want you talented. to believe in fucking religion. They want you to live in fear of that. And if you're going to try to do anything to get out of your current predictable situation, then uh, one, you have to go to college, give college a bunch of money. Uh, you got to pray, so you got to give the church a bunch of money. <laughs> and uh, other than that, you got music, you got sports. Steve Pote's selling toys. Yeah, Steve Pote's selling toys. He's thinking outside the box. Dude, well, but that's a good hustle. I mean, the seriously. Box, the box. I mean, it's better than working at an Arby's. And, you oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> I belong to the universe. Dude, I've been, I'm going full fucking Ethan Albers, and uh, I've joined this community called Van Dwellers. Oh, my God. <laughs> people that live out of vans and tiny portable homes, Albers style. Yeah. But uh, they trade information on how to, like, how to hook up solar panels and do all this stuff, and it's, it's very easy living. So I'm going to probably splurge. And buy a uh, sound system as far as like a PA with speakers, microphone. And so anywhere I want to, I could set up a sound system to do comedy and, shows. And may I suggest Ooh, right good. now at, at Costco, they have this thing. Jonathan just bought it for his work and it has... It's huge. It gets totally loud. It has... It's waterproof. It has a microphone jack. It has a and it has is not only an eighth inch thing. It does Bluetooth and it has a microphone jack and it plays the radio. It's amazing and it's a really loud little speaker and it's only a hundred and fifty dollars at Costco. That's a free commercial for Costco. Costco's the shit. Uh, it's really good right now. Jonathan just got one. I, he was I was thinking about getting one for the station too because it's it's a really good like it doesn't come with a microphone but like like it's hard to find microphones around here. Uh, right. But just plug it right in and boom. So you wouldn't even have to go too crazy. So you're going to be a real STL hustler. hustler yeah, and that means you'll come back to San Francisco because you'll be in well, a van. I would, but fucking all the thieves in San Francisco. The fees? Thieves. 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 Just like what we were talking about thieves. earlier. Thieves. Thieves. Right, because he's, he's been broken into before. I remember. Across from Brainwash. Oh, yeah, they fuck, and they just stole my dirty laundry. He stole his dirty laundry. What? They dirty did it to Jonathan, too. They stole his dirty laundry. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> the people out here I'm are ruthless. You, yeah, they're ruthless. It's true. Jonathan had 50 cents on the floor in the back of his car yesterday when we were parking for Brainwash, and I was like, honey, you, really, you should really pick up that change. Yeah. <laughs> someone's yeah. gonna, no, seriously. Someone's going to break into your motherfucking car for 50 cents. I don't doubt it for a second. Not at, oh yeah, my God. and the police aren't going to catch him. Oh, it doesn't. They police, they can't do anything. Come on, the police don't do okay. shit. They, well, they, they can't. Like... Even when they have everything, what are they going to do? Uh, well, we weren't going to press charges in this situation, but I mean, all, all we want to do is get I the mean, guys some help. All they can do but... is lock them up, put them in jail. And then it goes the back out. Gets released, they do the same thing. They end up becoming a drain on the state. Right. Yeah. It becomes a cycle. Cycle. We need to just start drowning them in the bay. <laughs> and drop them down into the bay and then just drown them like raccoons. <laughs> Well, okay, so that, but that actually, that sounds very similar to what the drug policy has been, been like in the United States right now is that I really feel like with the opiate crisis that's currently happening and 
Steve, I don't know if you know, but we say it all the time here on the Altacast. Opiate uh, overdose is has now and death. Opiate, opiate overdose and death um, has more accidents in the United States than car accidents. It's the number one accidental killer in the United sure. States. I mean, it's a it's a beautiful business model. You make a legal drug that gets people hooked on, and then you offer them to pay. I mean, have you looked into how much a rehab facility costs? Yeah, yes, we did. We looked at that. We were looking at you can't those. even. They won't even tell you how much they cost. That's how much they cost. Because exactly. you can't even look at them because that, that they're and so expensive. The ones that are supposed so to make a drug for people to get hooked, and then if they get hooked, then we'll charge you money to get unhooked. And then here's the other issue too, because a lot of you know the um, the epidemic is like in a lot of rural places. So how many rehab facilities do you have in rural towns? Barely exactly. any. And then if they commit crime, then we have a reason to have more and more, you know, police officers employed. Like, it's like it's really bizarre now to see, like, like the level of, like, quote-unquote gear that it's, it's, they're like robocops now. Like, they got phantom vehicles that are super high-powered. War, like, war machines. Do you need that? Like, eventually it's just going to be, like, Iranian midgets on turret guns mounted on top of... These fucking like death squads. Well, it, it's like, I. I mean, I almost agree with. That. I think that they are. They want heroin addicts to just die. They're like, just let them die now. It's they, like get get addicted and just well, die. That's one of. The, I mean, there's a story that came out of this uh, town. It's called Middletown, Ohio, and um, basically the the uh, firefighters or the ambulance. One of the city count congressmen who is a firefighter or firefighter excuse me he wants to stop picking up people overdosing <gasps> because they've picked up so many people overdosing it's all it's the same people too oh. so they're trying to find a way for them to stop picking up drug addicts and i'm like it's come to that point where the empathy is gone and that's pretty fucked up well the solution to that is safe injection sites because if they go to a place where there's a nurse and they can shoot up the drugs that they already bring then they're not going to overdose and then you don't have to bring them you don't have to bring the 911 call into it because you already have people on staff and you have in safe injection sites no one's ever overdosed in a safe injection site and you know that shit ain't going to happen well i mean that's the thing though is we're beyond opiates now right like like the new thing now is fentanyl yeah oh god which you know when you do opiates you have 24 hours before you start feeling the dope sickness. But when you get addicted to fentanyl, that dope sickness kicks in after four hours. See, ever since you told that story about you doing that fentanyl oh, patch, a half that patch, I'm like, that shit is fucking it's, scary. It's, it's lethal. So here's the thing. When legally sold, a 10 milligram tablet of Oxycontin will cost $1.25 and an 80 milligram tablet will cost $6. When illegally sold, a 10 milligram tablet of Oxycontin can cost between $5 and $10. An 80 milligram tablet can cost between $65 and $80 Jeez. for oh, yeah. one tablet. Tablet. Uh, it says here, in Florida, the major drugstores charge about $375 for 60 of the 40 milligram Oxycontin pills. For 60? Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Let's see how much, I want to see how much the fentanyl yeah, costs. Yeah, they're, they're called uh, pain management centers. Why can't people just go back to meth? <laughs> It's not as good of a high. I know. Fentanyl prices, coupons, assistant drug, blah, blah, blah. Fentanyl, $82.90 a patch. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, I did. Wow. That shit is crazy. They had a Vice documentary on fentanyl, 
and like these people they just get so fucking strung out immediately and then they've got to break into houses and steal shit to keep the drugs coming in because it's like you know with alcohol you can be functional in the workplace and just oh you know dale's kind of talkative (laughs) (laughs) dale smells like shit and he's kind of talkative yeah yeah but this his breath was never good into a crackhead immediately Wow, Costco. You can get fentanyl at Costco. So at Costco, it's $44.07. Somebody's going to rob a Costco real soon. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah, uh, the average retail price is $144.76 for five patches of 25 milligrams. How much? So it's five patches for $144 is the average retail price. And how much you get it at Costco? $44.17. So basically, it's it's almost $10 a patch, which is not bad. Well, what's really crazy is, is that in these places where they've brought in medical marijuana, they've seen a drastic drop in opiates, mm-hmm. which has made these pharmaceutical companies ramp up the lobbying power to ban medical marijuana. Right. Yeah, it was in they the state of like thirty-two million dollars in certain in each like certain states that were trying to get these pills bills passed to fight this because they don't want to lose that money. Uh, Colorado, I believe, is one of those states too where they saw a drastic drop in opioid addiction. Um, yeah, yeah. Colorado is one of those states. Well, it's crazy. We can't have these people getting better, man. We got well, no, ex- ex- exactly. Because and that's how that's why people have to take so many pills. And I. I, every time I meet an, another old person, they're like, oh, I have to take, you know, I take this blood pressure for this and this is that. And it's like six, eight, ten, twelve pills a day. And those Sunday oh, yeah. through Friday pill packets right. that you have. Well, it's like impossible to manage. But that's why I think mean, they must love diabetes. They're like, woohoo, now they're all sick and we get all their money until they die. And childhood diabetes, I guess it takes off 19 years off your life. So whenever you get diagnosed with childhood diabetes, you're going to live 19 years less. I just watched sure. this documentary on uh, Netflix. Have you seen this? Uh, it's called What the Hell? Oh, I loved it. I, it makes me want to be a vegan. I almost became a I've, vegan last I've week. actually stopped eating meat because of that and how it intertwines with talking about like um, the American Cancer Foundation right. and what mm-hmm. have you and... Um, how they are endorsed by like people like Purdue, who is who is the now the Secretary of Agriculture of yes. our entire nation is the was it Scott Pruitt the I yeah the of the of the Purdue thing and the and the chickens yeah yeah and, and now we know chicken is terrible for us yeah so pro there's you know the whole thing about chicken poultry being much healthier than beef and pork is flawed it's bullshit yeah um and then how you know you have your Susan J Coleman like you know cancer research um well unfortunately they are also uh held up by the pharmaceutical companies mm. and which i'm not surprised no, of course but not. then it, it was mostly surprised by some of the, like the uh, the fda um not the fda but the usda excuse me right um how they're they're all the things that they inject their the animals with and what have you and what they're feeding them you know cancerous stuff which gets into our system and it's well like, and it even goes down to the to the grass that they eat so now that yeah. we use like roundup ready i mean if you're you're genetically modifying the ground what they're eating 
And so that goes through their bodies. And then we eat their bodies. So we're basically eating the contaminated grass. Right. Or contaminated corn or contaminated whatever. Which makes us sick. So now we need to get hopped up on some pills. Right. Because either we have cancer, high blood pressure, diabetes. uh, Well, that's because we eat like shit. Well, yeah. Yeah. Every time Jonathan comes home with a Wendy's bag, I'm like, God damn it, Jonathan, why you have to eat such <laughs> shitty food? He's like, he's just a junior bacon cheeseburger. And I'm like, it's just, I'm like, okay, so my ex-husband, he, he worked across from the Wendy's on campus. He was in, in college and he was really thin and he was black guy and his, he got his cholesterol checked when he was 22 years old, when he still worked there across from the Wendy's and it was 312 for 22 and he was 22. And it's because he was eating every day. He was eating a junior bacon cheeseburger. You're not supposed to eat that shit every You're day. You're not supposed to eat it every day, but no. Jonathan eats it every day. Tell him to stop it or I'll knock his back off. I know. Off. I keep telling him he's treating his body like crap. He's like, oh, it feels so sluggish and yucky. And I'm like, because you don't skateboard anymore and you're eating crappy food. It's like, come on. It's like that stuff is killing you, man. Yeah, it seems like a no brainer to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, although I have, I don't, I mean, I, I could eat a lot better too, so. We all could. Right. Poji, are well, you eating well? Eating crab food is cheap. I know. That's because that, that's the way they want you to have it. That's it's set up. It's a setup. It's a setup. I mean, the fact of the matter is just like you know, if you can't afford like a nice, good, uh, healthy meal, why not get some Burger King? Come on, kill yourself slowly, y'all. You know, and it's the right. commercials that make me want it. But then when I I can't I can't I can't smell and I can't eat it. But sometimes, sometimes I really like a BK Big Fish. The only they've got me. The only time I will eat fast food is when I'm back in STL, and I will go to a steak and shake. A steak and shake. That sounds good. I can't eat steak and shake anymore. That shit makes me sick. Really? Every time I eat it now, yeah, it's it's gotten. Has it gotten bad? Really? Oh no! Don't tell me that. Uh, Or you know what? Maybe the quality is the same, but now that you're older and wiser, you somehow think that it's. Of uh, less quality. Oh man, that hurts. Yeah. Well, I guess I can't eat steak and shake. <laughs> no, steak and shake is done, man. I don't, I don't eat that shit anymore. For the most part, I just eat a lot of uh, frozen vegetables. They got big bags of frozen vegetables at Costco for like seven bucks. <laughs> and then I, I take that, I smother it down in hot sauce, and then I'll just eat like bowl after bowl of that shit. Bowl after bowl. Really? That's so weird, yeah. Steve. <laughs> Um, so I really, I really do want to plan for you to come out here in for uh, comedy day. Um, uh, I don't want to do that horrible show. Oh come on! Oh. Out in the daytime when you can't curse, it's just it's tragic. Muni Radio is a part of this comedy hustle thing. The only thing that reason why that was five is just Robin Williams showed up a couple times. And I know. It was, and then the year he died, there were tons of people. But then last year, it was really, really small. And so, yeah, the cat man is hoping that I can help with promotion this year to make it awesome. I'm gonna make it awesome. I'm gonna. We're gonna have a booth. I'm excited. I, it gives us legitimacy to be on that flyer. The flyer just came out for Comedy Day, and there's our little logo in the corner. Pew pew pew. Meow meow meow. Uh, well, what else? Did, oh, so I didn't, I, I, you called when I was talking about my lawyer, Francis Shaheda, the genius, the wonderful man, the lawyer of them all, of all lawyers, <laughs> who was so helpful and so great. And now I got off with a slap on the wrist. And this is the other thing, because I told him yesterday, you know, after in between, I was crying about the thievery from the 
from the uh, heroin addict. And he actually wrote me an email today uh, and it said that he wants, because I had said, oh, I'll give you that since you're doing all this work for me for free, I'll give you the, I'll give you the commercial. And he goes today, how about you just give me a positive review on these three websites and then I'll pay for the commercial. I'll give you $450. Wait, what? Yeah, to my lawyer buddy. Wow. He wow. just and I he so just emailed you that? Yeah, he did. So he wrote back um um uh, he said Wow. Uh let's see, it's on a different one. This was not this one. I'll see, read I'll read you the matter. Yeah, things are from things a couple are days ago. Up. Absolutely. Um Uh, okay, Pam, how about this? Can you write me a review and post it on Yelp, AVVO, and Google News? Google Reviews. Google my office name and post it on the right side of the screen. Uh, about the ad, how about I pay for it to make up for that money that was stolen from the employee you mentioned yesterday? From the junkie. And I was like, you are too amazing! Everything negative anyone has ever said about lawyers is completely swiped. <laughs> I will forever boo at any lawyer jokes and make some new ones with comparisons to superheroes or something. So there we go. Yay. Do, do, do. Lawyers coming to save the day. I, I can't believe it. Uh, after all of the bad press that they get, I have no idea why. I'm like, where are the bad lawyers? JohnStrassLaw.com are awesome. They totally supported us during the festival. And now we've got Francis Shaheda coming through in the clutch so we don't have to pay the four grand. What? That's awesome. So yeah. good. Well, even, so you good. remember when I got that ticket and I was stressing about trying to get a lawyer or whatever? To get it fixed, I got an email at the beginning of June that they were like, "Yep, hey, we went in there, we handled business. Uh, you don't have to, you don't owe anything. Everything's fine. The case got dismissed. You're all good to go." Tip. Nice. <laughs> Yay! So I was like, "Hey, I'm happy to not have points against my license, considering I'm going to be living out of a van." Right. <laughs> not by the river. By or not by the river. <laughs> not by the river. No, you want to live by a river because it's cool there, man. It's right. relaxing. You have that water flowing. It's a very tranquil experience. <laughs> It's a good place to take a bath. By a shitty river, like the Mississippi. No, not the Mississippi. Yeah, the Mississippi can kill you. It's it's a shitty river. It's it's like poison, just because all the The sewage and everything dumps into that river. I thought I meant more like it can kill you. Like the undertoes will take you right down, and then there's alligators and you'll die. Well, the current. The current can be kind of rough sometimes. Um, Shit, I'm current all the time. I am <laughs> I used no water. To, they found my friend's body in the Mississippi River what? a couple months ago. Yeah, that's why I was in St. Louis in May. Oh. Because they found his, speaking of, uh, going back to addiction, come to find out that he was a horrible, horrible alcoholic uh-huh. who had been homeless um, on the streets uh, on St. Louis and like the east side as well. And like, um, he didn't have any family and he had some rare disease too, where, um, he would hallucinate a little bit. I forgot the name of it. Um, but yeah, so he was dealing with that on top of his horrible, um, alcoholism and they found his body in the Mississippi and he still had a hospital around his arm. You think he, you think he jumped in? I think he wanted to end it. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want it. Drowning would be like the worst way to die. Steve, you think about killing yourself? How do you think about doing it? Uh, I did earlier uh, <laughs> when I first moved out here. Uh, I was just going to buy a gun. A go gun? You'd go? That's, That's so messy for everyone else. 
Hey, but that's half the fun of it is forcing someone else to clean that shit up. It, in, no. Inside or outside? And, well, I'd be in the ER and be like, I'm an organ donor. Bam. Oh, oh. wow. That's actually quite funny. That is God. I'm no. an organ donor. Bam. Wow. Oh my god. Wow. That is what a sweet way to go. That, that is, is so nice. Way. No, that's Donation so nice. For life. If you say I'm an organ donor and then you shoot yourself in the face, then they no. can take all the other organs. It's so nice. They can take you uh, that poor child that wants the lip, no. the kidney transplant. Now right. the, and the, they're so fresh. The kidneys are right there. The trauma right. that the people It's like sushi. It, it's just right out of the river. They're doctors. They seem worse. No, he's in the ER. People wait in the ER. Oh, well, no, no. you get inside. Everyone knows that the ER is miserable. Everyone and, knows and, the ER is... No, I've seen some <laughs> fucked up shit in the ER in Chicago, and I would not want to see that shit. Fuck no. It would be terrible. No. It would be terrible. Absolutely. I'd give a good warning. Gave him a good warning. He'd walk in and say, here, I'm going to kill myself. Uh, Dude. All right, everyone. You can either close your eyes and cover your ears or watch the show. Oh, no. Dude. No ticket charge. No way. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. What's really surprising is the amount of celebrities that are hanging themselves. You know what? That's, that's autoerotic asphyxiation. That's different. It's, they don't mean no, to kill themselves. This is just straight up hanging. Like, there's some kind of prescription drugs that, like, the side effect of it is, like, massive, overwhelming suicidal thoughts. Chris Cornell? Is that what Yeah. Yeah. Like, they've done a lot of stuff, like, and it, like, it's not like it's, like, a slow onset. It's just, like, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to eat a couple hot dogs and then go, you know, take a nap or something. And then by the time you hang up with the phone, you're like, I should be dead. Yeah, wow. it, triggers, it triggers something. Do you know what that drug is called because it's something that gets you mildly depressed and it, it's a trigger that makes you want to kill yourself i don't know what it's called why yeah, would why would like immediate reaction but it's an antidepressant i, I think it's, 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 it's either that or like a sleep aid or something oh it's got to be a sleepy thump something Let some me weird look it up that's so weird that, that's what happened to uh chris cornell um like he had talked to his wife, they said, earlier that day, and he seemed like he was fine. And plus, he, you know, he had been sober for a long time, too, so he hadn't been messing around with drugs. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it, I, I, I'm looking it up to see what it was. So this is, this is funny. This will be our one little gnarl news thing is that, uh, so I'm, I'm, watch, I'm staying at the Sulfus Estates watching their cat, so I've been watching a lot of TV just because it's there. And there, I've been watching some commercials, and there was a commercial for an IUD, which made me really happy because I thought, oh, IUDs should be more common among younger women. It's such a great use for birth control. You don't get pregnant. I mean, it's not good against STDs, but if you're in a committed relationship or you know, you're just not sleeping around too much with some you know, gross people. But IUDs are really great. So it's one with a little bit of hormone, whatever. And then they do the list of side effects. And none yeah. of the side effects were really anything. It's like, might be bleeding or spotting, maybe you get headaches, blah, blah, blah. And, but they made it sound like really serious and long. Like they almost didn't want you to buy this particular product. Whereas when you hear the side effects for other things, they do them really fast Really like, and side effects may include, you know, and they're crazy side effects like loss of vision, loss of hearing, like the Viagra ones we talked about, Viagra and yeah, Cialis, God. lower back pain, blah blah blah, decrease, really bad headaches, all these things, and and then they're selling the women thing, and they're like, 
there are really no side effects to having an IUD. They're fucking rad. <laughs> the side effect is no dead babies. And it, and yet they like, they're selling it, but they were sort of not selling it at the same time. I, I don't know. I don't understand what they're doing with pharmacology. So I found the um, toxicology. They said um, uh, his autopsy, uh, autopsy uh, detected lorazepam, which is used for treatment of anxiety, sold as avidotime. Um, God, and then there's a nioxone used to counter effect of opioids, barbiturol, uh, a sedative. Um, oh, bar- barbiturates. They're uh, yeah, no, not barbiturates. Um, something bar- phenobarbital. Barbital. 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 A sedative and caffeine in his system. Um, yeah, that was in his system. So the lorazepam. It's supposed to be used for anxiety. Right. Well, lorazepam is, is in the 2PAM family. It's like Valium. It's in the benzodiazepines. The it, that's what they call it. That's what they call it when you um, give the, the benzos at like doctors and veterinarians. They call it the 2PAM family. The 2PAM? Yeah, because it's Valium. They're all lorazepam, diazepam. They're all different. Don't fuck with that Malaz- shit. Malazadam is my favorite benzodiazepine, <laughs> short-lived, fast-acting. Uh, it... And it's usually done intravenously, and it uh, it was great. They, they gave it to you during your abortion. It's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> it chills you right out. It's like, you feel great. You're like, yeah, just take that dead baby right out. Oh, my God. Just take it, rip it out. Get it. Get it gone. You feel good. You feel good. You tell jokes during it if you're, if you're me. Well, uh, yeah. I well, you, at least you're not killing those. yourself. You're killing something else. Right. Well, I'm... T- <laughs> I'd rather kill it now than when it's like... Rather hang yourself. Well, it's those moms that, you know, you've heard the stories about the, the moms that were the one that drove her three kids into the lake and... Susan Smith, that yeah. played the black dude. That oh, shit yeah. still makes me mad. Of course it is. It's, it's a scapegoat. The, the black guy kidnapped... What's a brother going to do with three white kids <laughs> and drive them into a river? What 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 benefit? Yeah. It, her they story had a lot just, of holes it. like it was just some black guy. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Oh, and then I remember, I I totally remember like the interview that she did like on to the Today Show, and like a lot of people were pissed off to find out it was her and not the black dude, which was just like, are you serious? I'm like, you you guys are mad because a white lady killed her own kids, and the the reason why she killed her kids was she was having an affair with uh, some other dude and the dude didn't want the kids around. <gasps> so she, that's why she killed Over her some kids. dick. Wow. She killed her kids over some, God damn, see? Don't have kids. Right. It all comes full circle. It all comes full circle. That story's like, what, 24 years yeah, old? Yeah, it's old it's, now. It's, I'm so, we're so old. It, was, it came okay. out like in 94. That shit yeah. still makes me mad. Absolutely. Don't have kids. Yeah, no. You're gonna put them in a river. In a trunk. Poor babies. Uh, poor babies. I, that's uh, awful. Yeah, it's uh-huh. terrible. <sighs> no, I sound like Roman Reiner. I, yeah. I, 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 I don't want to. I feel I'm like, oh, I know. I feel like the news is so awful. We didn't even get to any news today. Just. Um, oh, I know what we can just briefly talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, President Stupid, Stupid Son. Oh, he's so stupid. Here's here's even worse. Let's talk about President Stupid. <laughs> he's done a thing now where he's changed it so that EBT, oh God. the the stores are going to be charged to use EBT, EBT, so that you get the government funds and then now Safeway has to pay 
or what it's all is going to do is it's going to reduce access to healthy foods in low income neighborhoods mm -hmm. because downstairs for me right now my little Chinese friends they take EBT and they're not going to take EBT because no, they're going to get charged and my halal butcher across the street he's my bro but he's not going to take EBT Can't anymore if they of course not because so all of these places that are small like the, of course the bigger businesses Safeway and Foodsco they they can pay for it it's fine but then why are we taxing the grocery store so it just means that there's going to be less access to healthy food choices for low-income people. And then there's going to be an influx of more sick people. Right. And But 45, I don't give a fuck. So what, what did his idiot son do? Um, so uh, jun Junior Stupid. Uh, Eric, Eric, that one? No, no, the uh, Donald Stupid Junior. Oh. Now, all of them are stupid. Right. But um, it, this ties along with the Russia investigation. Uh -huh. um, how, you know, of course, they denied like having any interaction. Russian dirt on Clinton. I love it. Yeah. Donald Trump Jr. Exactly. <laughs> so he basically told on himself <laughs> and sent these emails um, stating that they did meet with the Russians um, back of uh, June of last year, um, trying to dig up dirt on Hillary Clinton. So they met with a Russian lawyer. <gasps> oh, I'll just let you I'll just let you read it from there. It's how 45 <laughs> may have helped Donald Jr. lie about his explosive Russia meeting. Whoa. So, so basically what it boils down to, so the Russian lady that uh the Russian lawyer, excuse me, that they were supposed to be meeting with um was supposed to give them some um dirt on Hillary. Well, come to find out uh, the dirt that she was supposed to tee to them, she just wanted, it was about adoption in Russia. And so the 20, the minute, the meeting only lasted 20 minutes. He was disappointed because he didn't get, he wasn't able to collude any information <laughs> on Hillary, basically. And so he, there's this whole email that he brought yeah, it out. Says, Donald Trump Jr.'s emails aren't a smoking gun. They're a blazing gun. <laughs> Here's why. Um, and then the post, Ruth Marcus explains why Donald Trump Jr. is a legal jeopardy, is in legal jeopardy. His stupidity is not a legal defense. <laughs> wow. So the email chain, of course, revealed that the meetings with the Russian lawyer, Natalia Veselenskia, came up after Donald Trump Jr. had been informed that he would be provided with information about Hillary Clinton that um, came from the Russian government, which he was trying to swing the election to his father. Treason. Trump, Trump Jr. eagerly accepted. Uh, wow. <laughs> so what about, Messy. that's the thing is, the, the thing is that, how does it, do we, it, that doesn't impeach his dad, or does it, it's like, it basically says, they were talking to the Russians, and we knew that. But we already well, know that that's he's... The thing. There's not going to be anything done about it. That's, that's what the whole point of this stuff is, to show you, hey, look, this is really corrupt and sketchy and shady. Yep, but they're in charge, so yeah. suck it. Wait, and, and he already fired his... Uh, Comey? His homie is Comey is homie. Yeah. Comey was not his homie, because Comey would be like, motherfucker, this FBI shit, you can't be talking to the Russians all I, the time about this stuff. I, I believe, give it time, somebody's going to jail... I, I just, I feel it. It might okay. not be this year. But it's, it's it, but it's significant. Whatever the legal relevance of this email chain turns out to be, this is the first time we have concrete confirmation of the Trump work? campaign's willingness or even eagerness to collude with Russia's efforts to tip the election. One that involved his son, son-in-law Jared Kushner, and then campaign chair Paul Manafort. Manafort. 
If the Times reporting is accurate, Trump is now directly implicated in an active effort to mislead the country about concrete known facts that illustrate beyond a doubt his campaign's eagerness to conspire with Russian efforts to sabotage our democracy. Wow. You know, it only took two years um, for Nixon and Watergate. This Right. This might be ending at the end of the year. <laughs> wouldn't that be wouldn't that be amazing? That would be amazing. But again, I'll say this, Pence is scarier because he's, he's smarter. Yeah. Pence is scarier. <laughs> you know. He's smarter, but he still believes that dinosaurs were f- were fake. And conversion uh-huh. therapy. Conversion therapy. Yeah. He, those gays can be converted. And he calls his wife mother. Yeah, gross. Weird. Gross. Steve, uh, we're wrapping up the the uh po- the uh, Poji cast. The Poji cast. We're, we're wrapping up we're wrapping up the Alta cast here with old dumb face Steve Poji calling in from uh Missouri. Do you have any are you performing anywhere soon? Just Mondays and Tuesdays? Any That's are you you sleeping with that bartender yet on Mondays? <laughs> No, she got fired. Oh, oh too many free drinks yeah. to the poge. She got fired. Oh, I'm no, sorry. It's, it's weird. Like all these ex-girlfriends, they run back into my life. They swear up and down that they love me, and then in seven days they're gone. <laughs> so I haven't gotten really good at relationships. I can knock them out in just a week's time. You walk, knock them out. It's like high school again. Literally, it's like we've been dating yeah. for a whole week. It's like forever. Oh man. <laughs> So, and so uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna get in the van, independent, and uh, getting some solar panels put on that sucker, <laughs> and going out into the universe and not belonging to anywhere. Yeah, that's great. You're gonna pimp your van. Yep. You're gonna be like um, you're gonna be like Elvis Muich, <laughs> driving around with right. your yeah, but I'm not doing shows. Be, it's not gonna be a stinky van. Oh, right. It's gonna be well thought out and modified. Not a stinky van, not an Albers vehicle. We're like a journey vehicle, but do your dishes. Has Albers been around? What's, no. Do we have time for San, or not, San Francisco comedy gossip? What's yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Journey has actually gone too. She's up north with her parents figuring out, in Oregon, figuring out some stuff because she was having DMV issues. Um, Albers is also up north. Uh, let's see, other gossip. Cheese. Um, I can't even. The NBC stand-up thing was fun. Sammy obeyed Andrew Rolfo, uh, and Kabir all got to the finals of that. That you know. What else is going on? We got robbed. We got robbed by a comedy. <laughs> we got robbed. Any, any good comedy beefs going on? Any good comedy beefs? Hmm. I, I everything's been pretty copacetic. I can't think of any. Any beef? I mean, that Hunter Uniac's kind of a dick. Just kidding. He's in the room right now. He's up on Some Call Me Tim. He's up on Some Call Me Tim. But um, he's awesome, and uh, we love him. He shows up, and he's such a nice young man. But no, I don't know. Who do we have beef with? We don't have beef with anybody. Oh, I mean, I thought the big beef was that, um, you know, but you already know about this, that we get to be part of Comedy Day, and they fired FCC. That was fun. Oh, yeah, um, that was some news. Not oh, that yeah. I bear any ill will to any other radio station. Please, everybody, let's all be friends. Come We're join Mutiny peace Radio. Here. Peace, Have love, and understanding. Have any of those closed down? There was a couple. Well, um, actually, one another radio station just recently lost their lease, and it's not FCC, mm. so you do the math. And then I'm hoping that that could be some sort of windfall for mutiny because we only have 24 paying shows right now we need some shows like big time um right yeah so hopefully that'll i'll have to i'll work whatever happened to that sex show where the girl you called into her show and then 
she'd blow you afterwards or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> ten bucks, ten bucks transportation and a potential blowjob. Yeah, she's moved it to Thursday nights from ten to midnight, and she's using it as a way to date because she doesn't know how to date. So she asks a different guy or person, girl, to come in, and then she interviews them, and she might or might not give them a blowjob at the end. Ooh, that's really. Well, she that's hasn't yet. She hasn't given anybody a blow. It, it's basically like a joke about oh, like how dating is stupid. Well, no, she says that she's trying to meet people and she might, so. Well, tell her to be careful. There's a new uh, uh, virus of gonococca coming around. Gonococca? Uh, gonorrhea. Yeah, the, gonorrhea. Yeah. Well, yeah, the super strain. Yeah, the super strain. The antibiotics cannot kill this motherfucker. Well, when you come out, Poach, and visit us, you'll have to be on her show and you might be the <laughs> first that. winner of the, blo- of the <laughs> amazing... I'm my dick in her mouth. <laughs> She's and a cute then, uh, girl. Oh, come on. Monday, Game of Thrones is back. <gasps> Game of Thrones is back. That is very exciting. That's very exciting. That's good. I'm excited <laughs> about that. I can get my dragon on because then it, it helps. It helps with my joke that I do about um, T Rex and the bones being put back together wrong. Because why else would we have so much dragon mythology? Clearly, dragons are T Rexes. <laughs> um, okay. Well, <laughs> awesome. Um, good luck this week and um, bio dumb face. Bio dumb face. I, got a, I got a new website done up at stevepoji.com and you can now uh, you can buy CDs and T-shirts through that website. We'll and, tag uh, it for to today's podcast, stevepoji.com. Yeah, and I, I I busted some eBay scammers that I made a video about. Awesome. And so there's slowly slowly added content to it and updating it. So yeah, if you can go check that out, that'd be sweet. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll we'll post it on all Get of your our hustle out, boy. Yeah, well, thank you so Hell much yeah. for joining us. We miss you. Come miss visit you. soon. I will. I'm going to get the van moving, then I'll roll out there and uh, stay on the outskirts of town so the bees don't get me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye, Bye. Poji. Bye. That was Steve Poji, everyone. Yay. Calling in from F-T-L. far away. Far away. It's always nice to hear his It is nice to... It's always nice to talk to Steve Poggi. And he's always got some great stories. I know. I miss him very much. He is my friend, and I miss him, and I wish he'd come back. Uh, this has been the AltaCast, and I'm so lucky that my friend LaToya is always here with me. Thank you so much thank for Thank you for having me. Oh, me. yeah. So, listen, I know, to our 13,000 downloads for June. Thank you, yes. listeners, for downloading our bizarre show. Uh, hey, go donate to Mutiny Radio or to uh, Drug Policy Alliance or to Gnarl Pro-Choice America and uh, we'll see you guys next week here on the AltaCast. Bye! have an insatiable appetite for all things in life, who scream at nothing and everything at the same time, who dance till sunup, who cause the sun to set again with irreverent bow, who rival the moon with gravitational force, who leave rooms feeling empty and earthquake struck, who don't give a fuck, who make, who do, who dream out loud and laugh like maniacs, who draw shock and awe on faces graced with watching, who create from the soul of an orgasm, who swagger even alone in the shower, who fight with passion and love 
with passion and our passion who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution who would rather die than fall in line to conform who constantly challenge the norm who greet each and every day as if just born I say to you I know your greatness the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact and in fact I know it best when I say to you I love you the Night Space brings you High Time Storytime every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on The Night Space. The Night Space featuring High Time Storytime every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. High Time Storytime Volume 1 now available on Amazon.com for Kindle and electronic download. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter offer, and my offering you amazing late night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit, it's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, real 
pickled asparagus and delicious zucchini and creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? Then get them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Tell me what you think about your situation. Complication, aggravation. Is it getting to you? Then tune in live every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. to the edge of insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh, Kit Marie, Brandon Ray, and Mistress Christine. All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRcollective.org. We'll see you there. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag-nabbit thing called? It's 